Do you want to become a better songwriter? Well, we created a very simple 10-minute songwriter personality test, and it's going to help you better understand who you are as a writer, and it's going to help you in the writer's room when you're writing with other writers, because you're going to be able to identify what kind of writer they are, maybe even have them take the songwriter personality test. If you're curious and you want to take the songwriter personality test today, just visit songwriterpersonalitytest.com or go to the link on the writingworship.co website. You're listening to the Brave Worship Podcast, and this is the Songwriter Personality Series. In this series, Chrissy sits down with some of her favorite songwriters, and they discuss their unique songwriter personalities. If you're interested in taking the Songwriter Personality Test yourself for free, you can do so at chrissynordhoff.com forward slash test. That's chrissynordhoff.com forward slash test. You're listening to the Brave Worship Podcast with Chrissy Nordhoff and Mary Beth Dodd. Brave Worship is all about encouraging women to write, lead, and live worship. Hey, everybody. This is Chrissy Nordhoff. I'm back with our Songwriter Personality Test podcast series, and um, I'm really excited to have with me today Dewan Hill. And um, we're going to talk today a little bit about the producer, songwriter personality. Um, but I met Dewan through Integrity Music, really, mm-hmm. um, and have enjoyed working with him in several rights. And we've had some, we've had some songs together that people have recorded, right, Dewan? That's right. That's right. I'm I think honored. We've had, we've had a couple, maybe, right? Yeah, I know two at least. I know two, um, the Binions just recorded two of them. Mm-hmm. Um, but I feel like we did maybe one or two more for some other artists. I think so. so many <laughs> <laughs> we need to write some more, Dwan. Yes, we do. But, I would love to. I would but love to. Before, before we dive into the whole songwriter personality test side of things, mm-hmm. um, I would love for people to hear your heart as a songwriter, producer, and maybe just a little bit about your journey and, and your story, what that looked like. Yeah. Now. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, I grew up in a musical family. Almost everyone starts their story like that, right? That's, <laughs> I grew up in a musical family, but wow. I did. My parents were musical. Um, there was a high expectation for musical aptitude from as young as I can remember. I grew up in church. I'm a third generation pastor's kid. So it was either play music or pass out (laughs) tissues in church. You know, (laughs) there was no way you could not do something. So I took to music really early. um, And I think because the environment was rich, um, Mm -hmm. I was able to grow pretty quickly. And by the time I was five or six, I was already playing at church. And that led to a love. Yeah, that led to a love and a passion for it. Even through high school, I would come home and practice uh, specifically playing piano, which is, I think is important to mention that I never really thought of myself as a songwriter or a producer mm-hmm. um, because I only was interested in playing piano. And it wasn't until I got to Nashville and went to school at Belmont. And once I got out of Belmont, I did a lot of traveling and I just saw the opportunities that were coming to people who were multifaceted. 
and mm-hmm. had more than one way to be in the music industry, both from a creative standpoint, but also a financial stability standpoint. Yeah. And um, thankfully, I had some great mentors and teachers that also affirmed some other gifts in me that encouraged me to try. Um, like singing, I didn't really sing publicly that much, even though I enjoyed it. I never really told people about songs I wrote, even though I enjoyed doing it, until people kind of called that out of me. And um, producing was actually what I did first outside of piano playing. So my brother and I had a studio um, near downtown Nashville on Music Row, and we produced uh, mostly independent artists that were trying to record their own songs, you know, EPs, singles, a couple of records. Um, We really pursued production as a company, I mean, we were a legitimate tax wow. paying. <laughs> yeah. Um, mm-hmm. And we thought this what we wanted to do, but when we got into the, the battleground of doing it, we found out that it was more than just music. There was A&R involved, there was budget planning, mm-hmm. there was scheduling. And even though I enjoyed a lot of that, I didn't really want to do that on a day-to-day, week-to-week, year-to-year basis. Um, mm-hmm. I-, I figured out that I- I'm, kind of enjoyed the creative process more than I did the business administration process that kind of comes along with production. Right. Um, but I learned a lot of the skills on that. So fast forward, we, I was able to help launch a church here in Nashville um, that basically has been the culmination of all of those things. So I play piano at the church. I write songs with the church. Um, I lead worship at the church and we're producing a record right now for the church. So I'm, doing all of those things at one time. Um, but all of them have been kind of influencing the other in a cool way where mm-hmm. I get to write songs and then carry them through the production process or um, think about musical arrangements for a song while I'm in the writing session. Mm-hmm. Um, that kind of brings, you know, a different element to what maybe other songwriters would bring to the room. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's kind of the overarching thing. I went from piano to what I'm, whatever I'm doing right now, whatever title I have right now. <laughs> <laughs> Which is, we don't know? We don't know. Well, I'm worship director at National Life. Worship director, worship okay. Worship director at National Life Church. So I do all the worship director things as well as, you know, uh, produce the records for, with it, we are with integrity, um, mm-hmm. just how we got connected, Christy and I. Mm-hmm. And, um, but my official title there is worship director, but I still tour, um, when I can, when I'm not home with my two kiddos and my wife. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm still very much a musician, still very much um, a creative. But in the past couple of years, songwriting has really climbed as something that I really enjoy doing. That's awesome. Yeah, I've noticed yeah. in the past when we're writing, um, you're always thinking about your church. It's kind of your mm-hmm. filter because, and and I think it goes through that production side of things too, like how would this work in that context? And you've even mm-hmm. talked a lot of times about um, instrumentation and all, all of those things and how that would fit in to the song mm-hmm. and the picture. Yeah. Yeah. So. yeah it's, it's kind of, a, um, it's interesting when you're, when you're, I think the blessing and the benefit of being a songwriter and a leader in a church is that you get to have hands-on experience of the songs yes. as soon as you want to. Um, which is different than maybe a country music songwriter or another genre that has to wait until an artist sings it live or they book their own show. I mean, our services are not shows, but they are musical presentations every Mm -hmm. single Sunday. 
Um, so it's almost like the 10,000 hour rule where you just kind of become sensitive to things that are not rules, but mm-hmm. tools that you can use to kind of weed out the ideas that may not work, you know? And yeah, I, I say that hesitantly because there are a lot of ideas that I thought would not work that do work. Huh. Um, yeah. But those are far less than some of the guardrails that we've set up that say, you know what, you don't want people singing a three octave song. Right, right. You know, and you don't want them singing lyrics that they don't know the definition of the words to in every verse. You know, just you try to to create things that in church specifically where people can latch on to and hold on to fairly quickly, fairly quickly. And that's kind of what I get to do at Natural Life and kind of with the songwriting sessions that I'm in is to still be creative and push the envelope but already be thinking about how the song can be presented in the best light. Cause that's really what production is. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah, you're right. You're the songwriting right. process is really kind of cooking the meal and, you know, making sure the salt and pepper is right, but then you got to put it on a plate. You got to, you know, you have to present it in a way where people are appetized by it. Um, and that I, is I, so good. Yeah. I think that's I what production kind of helps a song to do. Wow. That's a beautiful description. I've never heard that. I love that. Cool, cool. That's so awesome. Great. You're right. Because cooking it is is a big part of it for sure. But you're yeah. right. Presentation is, we've heard before, people say presentation is everything. Yeah, it How is. How you present it. Mm-hmm. It is. And, you know, we've heard a lot. I'm sure you've heard many, many great songs that are played by a bad musician or sung by a bad singer. And you're still like, that's still a great song. So, <laughs> yes. <laughs> presentation is not everything, mm-hmm. but um presentation does push a song forward to where it can be received and digested um more effectively in a congregation. Mm-hmm. I think that's helpful. Yeah, you're right. So good. I love that. Yeah. Um well, let's talk about the songwriter personality test just a little bit and now <laughs> I know you're multifaceted. Um, but today we're going to focus on that production side of things. Um, so for, for people that haven't heard what this test is, I'm going to just briefly give us a description of what it is. Basically, um, after a lot of different co-writes, um, I started to notice patterns of behavior and started kind of categorizing people according to my friends Mm -hmm. um, because I wanted to skip that whole process of learning how someone works in the writing room Um, and I wanted to make the best use of our time and so um, I just began creating this little test to kind of help out with that and help identify what people's strengths were up front so before we even walk in the writing room, it's it's helpful a couple different ways. It gives you confidence personally. If, if you mm-hmm. take it, you know what your strength is. But mm-hmm. also, it's the community expression of unity. You know, as we're co-writing, that's how the yeah. body of Christ works in unity through music. Yes. Um, and it helps us to know how we can connect with others that have different strengths than us mm-hmm. and really pull out the best in all of us and create something otherwise Um we never could do on our own. So that's, that's kind of the, the backdrop. It's an awesome personality test. And just to support what you're saying, um, you know this, but just so your listeners know, I was 
drawn to that test before I met you. And uh, it really helped me because even though I've been doing music for a long time, I haven't been writing songs and specifically co-writing songs very often. Mm -hmm. So to go through those questions really just helped me to think, oh, yeah, I do think about, you know, melody before I think about lyrics or, you know, I do think about the whole song, you know, before I think about bits and pieces. So yeah. thank you, Chrissy. It's been very Aww. helpful, very helpful for me. I'm so glad. Well, I'm honored that you would say yeah. that. Thank yeah. you, Dwan. Great. Yeah. So that producer track is one of the seven different personalities. Mm-hmm. Um, hang on just one second here. All right, here we go. Um, it's one of the seven. And if people are taking this test, they would score highest on these questions. I'm going to read them. Okay. Um, when you are in a co-write, you can easily get lost for a while in track building land. Mm -hmm. When you, when you hear a melody, you can automatically hear other parts and where they all need to go. Mm -hmm. You can tell me your top three guitar sounds right now. <laughs> You have been inspired in the past by certain sounds and you love to reinvent them as you build a track. Mm -hmm. And an okay song can sound amazing if it has the right treatment. And mm -hmm. a, a little more about the producer track writer. The producer track writer hears the whole landscape of a song at the same time. Mm -hmm. and when, they're, when they're writing, a lot of times um, when I'm working with producers, they love to work on a track at the same time mm -hmm. so that they don't forget all the layers of sound that they're hearing in mm -hmm. their head, which makes sense. Mm -hmm. um, they have been known to get in a zone as mm -hmm. they focus Mm -hmm. um, and many times their ideas inspire greater melodies and lyrics from the others in the room, just from hearing what right. is in their head production wise. Right. Can, you, can you relate to any of those things, Dwan? Yes. Yes. I mean, first of all, I think, well, for those who don't live in Nashville, Nashville has been a, a songwriting town for a long time, mm -hmm. but it hasn't been until recently that, the producer track person has been invited into the room in Nashville. It's been happening in other cities. Mm -hmm. So I just want to say that this is a new thing that our town is experiencing that hasn't so always true. been. Um, but I, I, I agree that it's helpful in a lot of ways because a lot of times what's happening in the minds of the writers in the room could be worlds apart, even though they're trying to describe it to each other. Like I hear, I hear strings here. Or I hear uh, a groove here, you know, there are a million string parts. There are a million drum grooves, you know, and yes. um, I like to think of creativity as, uh, well, limitation kind of as a spark of creativity because mm -hmm. actually when you decide that the drum groove is this, it actually sparks um, an inspiration, ironically, to right. everyone be united. It really creates unity is what limitation does. It, Ooh, that's good. It allows you to say, oh, we all like this drum groove and we all like this key and we all like that piano part. So now let's build on that. Yes. Because otherwise you're kind of building on an imaginary idea. Mm -hmm. um, so I don't think it's required to be in a room, but I think it helps the song grow faster. I really think it, it lends itself to everyone kind of agreeing sooner on what the presentation, like we talked about, what the presentation of the song mm -hmm. can look like. Um, but it also helps communicate that to people who are not in the room, you know, because I think a lot of times the writers are like, oh, we love this song. This song is awesome. We think it sounds great. And then you play it 
on the piano for someone else who didn't have that kind of spark experience. Yeah. And they're like, uh, well, I don't know. We don't hear all the stuff you're hearing. <laughs> um, and yes. so I think the producer can really be a bridge between the songwriters and the publisher or the mm. songwriter and an artist or yeah. a songwriter and a label. And it helps to yes. communicate these kind of um, theoretical ideas into something practical on the recording um, mm-hmm. that people outside the room can, can hear and understand. Well, and I think um, you said bridging the gap with the publishers. I truly believe that 100% because if they get a song turned in where they the the ideas are already fleshed out and it's already, you know, it has a direction. It has mm-hmm. very, like you said, specific limitations, like a purpose. You can hear mm-hmm. a purpose in a song yes. much more um, loudly if it's presented with a fully produced track. And when you you turn that into the publisher, I mean, I know a lot of times they say it doesn't matter that they can hear through what you turn in. Yeah. But but I'm telling you, (laughs) if you turn in a beautiful track, they do like it more. Yeah. yeah. I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure. Um, It inspires them too. And yeah, I think it it helps them that limit that limiting track helps them to find a a place for it. Yes. Um, and I think the other side of that, while I while I believe all that, that's why the producer has to be good at what they're doing because the limitation can also be bad if the producer is not good. You know, hmm. just like if you put a filet mignon on a garbage can, you're gonna be like, uh, I don't really like filet mignon right now. <laughs> um, so I think that's maybe the caution that my type and other people like me would probably need to be careful of is mm-hmm. not getting so lost in the production element of the writing process that you don't have a great song. Yeah. Um, I think the pro- the production role should be an enhancement of what's being written and not necessarily mm-hmm. the track is so great, but the song is not good, which I've, I've seen quite a bit of, hmm. you know, it, you could take the lyrics and the words and the melody off the track. And while that would be a testimony for the producer, yeah, it's not really supporting or identifying with a specific, uh, particular song. Right. And that's a lot of work, too. You know, mm-hmm. like when everybody puts that much effort into something, you want to see it win together. Right. You know? right. right. And right. Um, and that's sort of one of the challenges, um, which I said to to other um, younger up and coming producer track writers um, that sometimes they get in their zone and. Mm-hmm for them to just be be aware of what's happening with the other right. writers in the room right while you're writing because it can be a temptation i think right um, to focus so much on and and that's in their nature and i think that's really good right but at the same time balancing with the other writers in the room what's being said what's being spoken right um, really leaning in onto their strengths but right um but, you know, they know how to use instrumentation. This is their strength to right. build feeling, to build intensity and resolution. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. if they can partner with the lyrics and the melody to do those things, mm-hmm. um, oh, my goodness, it's an unstoppable song. It's so true. It's so yeah. true. I mean, I, I think for that reason, I would encourage producers to be involved in the melody and the lyric writing because... Mm-hmm. In a lot of ways, if you're just making a track, while it can influence creative ideas, it's not always required. 
And I think if you lean too heavily on, well, I'm just a producer track guy in the room. My res- my only responsibility is to make a track. Yeah. I've seen that make the writing situation a little bit weird because mm-hmm. you want to write a song that is strong without the track. Right. So I, I think it's important for the producer, like you said, to be present in the room and to, and to um, respond with, you know what, I like that lyric over that lyric. Or, you know what, that melody works great, this piano line that I'm writing versus yeah. that other melody. Um, because, again, I think it is a pretty new trend that a producer gets songwriting credit just because they're making the track in the same room. Yes. Yeah. And, and I'm careful about that. I've had that question coming up a lot. Like, just recently as I'm mentoring people saying, you mean you wrote a song with another person in the room and a producer and you all got the same amount right. of percentages? And mm-hmm. yes, that's, mm-hmm. that is how it works. But if we're completely honest, you know, from my perspective, what the producer's bringing to the room um, is worth it. You know, yeah. not only yeah. just the vibe and the feel, it brings mm-hmm. out emotions in me. Yes. It brings out creativity yeah. brings out inspiration but but you're right Duan. if they will also um just here and there have a conversation mm-hmm. i like oh yeah i like that line better because usually mm-hmm. if there's three in a room you kind of need a the third right, right. To step in and help make decisions right. sometimes that's right and so. i think this the skill of the producer is more than the track you know, we call them the producer and track guy mm-hmm, or girl. Mm-hmm. But I think the skill of the producer is more than just the track they're producing in Logic or GarageBand or Pro Tools. I think their skill is hearing a canvas of music and hearing a landscape yes. that mm-hmm. they should be able to speak into and say, you know what, because of the kick pattern or because of the key of the song or because of the lyric syncopation, what if we tried this? Um, yeah. Because what happens or what has happened in the past in artist development is I think writers would come into, they would write a song, they bring it to an A&R person and then bring it to a producer. Mm-hmm. And then they get the feedback that, well, I don't know if that works in your voice, or I don't know if that works, uh, those chords and those melodies work together. But if the person is in the room mm-hmm. and they can help make that decision while the song is being written, again, it makes the whole process go by much more effectively, in my opinion. Yes. Well, and I think my favorite rights recently are rights where um, I'm working with either a concept or a melody person and a track writer. Mm-hmm. Um, and mm-hmm. so for some reason, like that combination, it just feels like easy a lot of times. Yeah. And yeah. and what's nice is we walk in um, and it's, it's everybody contributing and then we leave and everything's done in three hours, you know? Right. Right. And sometimes, sometimes that means we've got a full produced demo track mm-hmm. also. Mm-hmm. And um, that's crazy. That's that, crazy. Isn't that <laughs> It is nuts. Yeah. It's still pretty new. I mean, again, it's new yeah. to Nashville. I think LA has been doing this for a while and probably other, other major cities. But in mm-hmm. Nashville, that's, that's a pretty new thing. And, and by new, I mean in the last four to five years. Yeah, I, I think, think you're right. The expectation has been when you're done with the writing, done with the three hour writing session, publishers are now expecting basically a demo. Yeah. Which used to not be the case. You used Mm -hmm. to, I mean, Nashville was known for these expensive demo sessions where you would be paid a a union scale rate to demo 20 songs in a day because they weren't 
demos for mm-hmm. for those songwriters. So it's a, it's not just a songwriting shift; it's a business model shift. That is, well, that, and they save money. Uh, honestly, absolutely. the publishers save money by not having to pay because sometimes they pay for those demos. Absolutely. The publishers, absolutely. Um, so they save a lot of money not having to pay for demos. So. You know, a lot of people you were talking about earlier about having a multifaceted, you know, Mm -hmm. ability to do lots of different things in music. And I think that's one thing that really helps people these days is having that production piece. Yes. Um, And in fact, somebody said to me recently, well, because I've been writing for a long time, but I've never been the producer type like that is Mm -hmm. that's the hardest thing for me to do. And um, somebody said recently, you know, I think you started writing at a good time because now it feels like we all have to be producers. Right, right, you know? right. Isn't that so, crazy? It is crazy. Yeah, and, and producer, definitely producer in consideration. I don't know if mm-hmm. people should feel pressure to be producer in technology and that you have to learn every right. uh, software and plug-in, but you definitely want to go as far as to be a producer in mindset. You know, yeah. to start thinking about, you know, does Turn. the chorus need to lift here? Does the chorus need to be softer here? Because though embedded in this in most songs, those things are kind of already there. Yeah, you're you know, right. They're not they're not set in stone and people do different arrangements, but if you think of your of your most favorite songs, you think of dynamics. You know, mm-hmm. you think of big choruses or small choruses or verse one being bigger than verse two, because the lyrics usually have that in them. Or the melody has it in it. Yes. Or the bridge has it in it. So, yeah, I think I don't think there should be a pressure of go learn the latest software to mm-hmm. the best of your ability as much as it should be to listen to your favorite songs, listen to mm-hmm. the songs that move you, and just start taking notes about why they move you that way. Hmm. You know, um, I started thinking about it. This is not an official system. Maybe I should think about making it one. But um, <laughs> I started thinking about dynamics in terms of numbers. Hmm. which can be kind of confusing if you know the natural number system. But for example, from one to 10, I think of a chorus. Let's say one is a soft down, almost minimalistic chorus. And 10 is a bombastic queen rock chorus. Hmm. And I just started, when I started to listen to the radio, I started to name and number these sections. Hmm. And it was a revelation to me to see how dynamic songs were. Because you don't think, when you just listen to it, you don't think about it. You just, I like this song. But when you start really studying Mm -hmm. a specific genre, you start to notice patterns that, you know what? Eight out of 10 songs, the bridge goes to a seven versus to a two. Or, you know what? And for example, right now in worship songs, there's this popular third verse. You know, you sing verse one, verse two. Oh, verse one chorus, verse two chorus, Elevation is doing this really well. They'll write a third verse that's just this uh, gut-punching, um, resurrecting is a, is a good example, mm-hmm. um, where the third verse comes all the way down, but the lyrics are written in a way where, the God, uh, our God has robbed the grave. It's like, whoa, that's a dynamic <laughs> lyric. You yes. know, so... I say that to say, just start listening to your favorite songs. Mm-hmm. And if it's not numbers, just in your mind, start to delegate, wow, this dynamic feels less than a five to me. And why did they do that? 
or this dynamic is a 10. Why did they do that? Hmm. And you'll start to notice, oh, the lyric is a big lyric or the verse, the contemplative lyric. Um, or maybe the singer's range is low and the, the music can't be loud because you need to hear the singers singing. Hmm. Um, and that's all that is what producers think about. If they don't verbalize it, that's kind of what's going on in their brain. Wow. I love hearing that because I don't naturally think that way. Yeah. yeah, you know? yeah. So I love hearing that's a really great, like just hands-on way for people to start analyzing mm-hmm. production. I love your number system. That's really, cool. it's really great. It's a helpful tool and yeah, you should develop that. Yeah. It'll help, it'll help you out. Even if you're not arranging or producing a record, it'll help your live Sunday or shows even Yeah, right. be able to communicate with the band and tell them, you know, I think this section should be louder or softer or, or whatever the mm-hmm. case may be. Just makes you a more educated um, singer and songwriter for sure. Well, does your team know about your number system? No, I I, I have talked about it with um, some of them, but we don't use it officially. Yeah. Um, I need to I need to probably communicate that to them. A lot of the guys and ladies at our church are um, professional musicians, mm-hmm. so a lot of those things I don't have to communicate out loud. They're um, feeling it too. They're yeah. kind of feeling it too. And they, you, they you usually play songs like the record. So it's kind of built in. Mm-hmm. Um, but when we do brand new songs that have not been recorded, that's when those conversations start coming up about, mm-hmm. okay, what is it supposed to feel like? And where, where's the dynamic and production value? So yeah, we do a little bit, but not officially, <laughs> not officially. Okay. Yet. Yeah. Yeah. That's great. Well, as far as best case co-writing scenarios, scenarios, I want to talk about that really quick. Um, so producer track writers are on our music side of the spectrum. And so um, usually we try to get you to write with people that have different strengths than you. So you'd want to write with someone on the opposite side, which is the content writers in the lyrics category. Mm-hmm. Um, and also, if possible, one of our crafters in the center, which is our hearing prophetic writers, mm-hmm. concept writers, and structure writers. So that would be an easy um, choice as far as who you'd work best with in the writing room. And a possible conflict would be writing with other producer track writers. Right. Um, have you found a pattern as far as who you work the best with? Yes. It's interesting. Um, so I write a lot with my friend Alvin. Um, yeah. We write a lot of the music together for church, and I've been friends with him for a long time since Belmont. And it's interesting. We're similar in the music production vein. We hear things bigger than what is happening in the room. Uh-huh. Um, and depending on the session, that can be a benefit or a hindrance Mm. (laughs) um because if we happen to be in the same vein and the same vibe then we get something that's very it just moves down the road faster but if we get maybe different ideas or something that's not the same as the other person specifically um then you got to work that out same thing i guess would happen with two lyric writers you Mm -hmm. know right they they would be like well i feel really strongly about this lyric i feel strong about this lyric Whereas if I was writing with a lyric writer, I really wouldn't be talking to them about what chord to play under this melody, you know, where that would be important to somebody like my friend Alvin. Right. Uh, So 
I personally love writing with people who are not like me specifically my, what I would like to improve in is lyric writing. So Mm -hmm. typically when I write with you or some other friends of mine that are strong lyric writers, it's Mm -hmm. so nice because I would be so embarrassed if people heard my, (laughs) my voice memos on my phone. They are the most unintelligible ideas you have ever heard. I mean, they're mumbles, they're shouts and screams. I'm singing, I'm trying to sing harmony with myself to get the idea down. <laughs> it's horrible. It's oh, horrible. Man. But when I'm sitting Y'all in the room, have those. yeah, <laughs> when I'm sitting in the room with someone like you or someone who's a strong lyric writer, it, it helps to balance my kind of theoretical dream world with someone who is like, well, you know what? We should come up with actually what this, what's the name of this song? <laughs> or what is this verse about? Mm-hmm. Um, and I think, I don't know, you can maybe tell me in your research, I don't know if producers are, is there a such thing as a producer lyric writer? You know what? Um, if you take the extended test, cause it has, it has actual numbers that you can tally up so you can mm-hmm. see what your score is in each category. Okay. So okay. it's possible. It is possible to have, um, you know, one of those as your first gift and then one is your second gift. Got it. That and makes there's, sense all kinds of combinations, you know? And so sometimes people will take it and they'll say, well, I got this this time and I got this the second time. And Mm -hmm. what I usually say is take that extended test because it'll give you exact numbers and you might be borderline between a couple of gifts as far as numbers numerically. Yeah. And it's, it's surprising. People have all kinds of first and second and third gifts, all kinds of combinations. So there's definitely room, room for that. Yeah, that's good to know. Because I was wondering if if there are some producers who are gifted in writing lyrics. I'm sure there are. Hmm. I'm sure there are. I'm, I wouldn't advertise myself as being that. I, mean, I like to write lyrics, but that's not the first thing I think about when I think about a song. Right. I wonder what a, what would happen if a producer was like all lyrics is my main thing. What would I would love to write with that person? If you find them, <laughs> send them my way. Okay, I'll be on the lookout. We'll see if we can find. Yeah. Your, your um amazing co-writer along the way. Yes. But yes, <laughs> awesome. to answer your question, I, I like being in the room with people that are different than me because it excites yeah. me to see their gifts contributing to the project. And I just think that's fun. It's like, I, wow, I would have I never thought of that. Yeah, it's stretching. It's stretching yeah. beyond what you could come up with on your own, I think. Right, right. And that's, that is exciting, I think, in the writing room. When you come up with a creation that's everybody in the room, mm-hmm. everybody gave their best of mm-hmm. their strength. And it's, you know, it, it has a life of its own. And right. It's, it's incredible. Right. The best yeah. feeling. Agreed. Okay, so I have a few um, just pieces of advice for people that are writing with producer track writers or mm-hmm. maybe up-and-coming producer track writers. Um, so if you're going to be writing with one of them, um, here's a couple things to keep in mind. Producer track writers have so many instrumental parts running through their head. They expect or just expect that they need to be able to get those things all down on the track before they forget them. Even (laughs) as you're writing, Mm -hmm. they will be listening to you. Even if their back is turned for a bit, they are actually good multitaskers. Trust Mm -hmm. that they hear you. 
and you will have an opportunity to discuss your thoughts. Meanwhile, be flexible to work on other things like maybe verse two lyrics, for instance. Mm -hmm. They re-engage. They Mm -hmm. work with an ebb and flow. That's great. Yeah. Great. And is there any any other advice that you would give to, um, you know, these up-and-coming producer track writers or others writing with them or anything else that you want to share as far as thoughts and process? Um, in the what writing? you said is so great. I mean, I would just add to the need for patience and understanding, just like you would with anybody else who is not your exact gift. AKA everybody in the world. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I think songwriting really is an opportunity to practice the gospel. And, and Hmm. I don't, I don't mean that to be dramatic or deep. I just think it is. Um, There's, there's negotiation. There is negotiation happening at every moment Hmm. um, from everybody in the room, you know, and you have to kind of come with your offering. It's almost like that verse in the Bible where, Paul says everyone should come with a song. Everyone should come with a hymn. Everyone should come mm. with an instruction. But once you're in the room, as valuable as your gift is, it is more powerful when it is surrendered to what God wants to do in that room. Mm-hmm. And um, it takes maturity and it takes a lot of uh, intention to not feel threatened while someone else's gift is being um, exalted in that moment. You know, Right. Um, and sometimes that's what the, I think the producer, we can t- tend to kind of go in our cubby hole um, and kind of work out. And that shine doesn't always happen throughout the whole three hour session. And sometimes it can feel like the other writers are kind of carrying the weight of the songwriting. Mm-hmm. Um, but what you said is so true that know that that person is listening to you and, and there will be an opportunity for you to appreciate what they're focused on. Mm-hmm. Um, and their gift will shine and, and in many ways could be the tipping point for that song having a life outside of that room. Totally. Um, 100%. It's kind of, it may be delayed in its revelation and its manifestation, uh-huh. but I think once it is actually revealed, you're, you, you can be very grateful for the work that that person put in. Oh yeah. So much. So, yeah, I would just say be patient and and be willing to let each person's gift shine on different timelines. Mm, Um, That's good. Because in that three-hour block, there could be spikes for everybody if everyone's patient. It's so good. So good. Well, and sometimes the Holy Spirit works through one person at a time, too. Yes, yes. You know, and just letting him do that in full humility just in confidence of who you already are, yes. not feeling like you need to steal yeah. the spotlight, so to speak, yes. take control, yes. just being, you know, reassured that God's using you in that moment, just having you present in the room and letting him move the way he wants to. Yes. I've, I think that creates the best songs. So. I agree. I agree. Well, so true. thank you so much, Dwan, for your thoughts and some beautiful imagery and tools for us to hold on to. And I know that this podcast will mean so much um, to people writing with producers and also people that are producers. So um, if people people would like to connect with you um, and see where you are on social media and maybe your church or things like Mm -hmm. that, um, where can we direct them to, to see what you're, 
what you're up to. Yes. Well, thanks for asking. Um, I'm actually doing a few things right now. I just started a, a podcast called Hey Wise Guys. Um, it's a kind of okay. Yeah, it's uh, uh, it's a podcast for creatives, including songwriters, but it's a little more broad than songwriters. But it's basically a Christian perspective on what creativity means to the world. Mm. And, um, you know, I think creatives are kind of rising or have risen as a bona fide uh, group of God's children. Mm. But we don't have a lot of resources to really equip them to be um, inspired. You know, there are a lot of creatives who are, who are battling a lot of mental attacks and spiritual mm-hmm. attacks mm-hmm. because their gift is uh, a specific um it's an arsenal i really think it's an it's a weapon in mm. many ways against the very things that we're attacked by actually so anyway all that wow. to say hey wise guys is a, is a resource that people can check out if you want to connect with other creatives about your faith and relationships and songwriting and all that um and generally speaking i'm on instagram and facebook at Dwan hill um, uh, dwanhill.com is where you can find out pretty much everything I'm doing. And, um, my main project and, um, family right now is Nashville Life Church in Nashville. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I'm the worship director there, like we mentioned. And, um, people, if they're in town, they come visit the church or they can go to nashvillelifechurch.com or nashvillelifemusic.com. We just put out a new song last Friday. Um, oh. so that's out. And then we're working on a record that's coming out in the spring. So, and your not pastor, boring time. Your pastor is CC Winans, right? Yes, that's correct. Yep. Yeah. CC, pastor CC and her husband Pastor Alvin started the church about 7 years ago, almost 8 years ago. Mm-hmm. Um I was part of that original group and it's been amazing to see what God has grown out of that small living room experience. Mm-hmm. Um but it's similar to what he's doing in many many people's lives, which is awareness of his goodness and a commitment mm-hmm. to his his heart of reaching people for Christ. And um, we're not trying to reinvent the wheel. We're just, <laughs> we're trying to be faithful to the corner that he called us to and team up with people like you with, with the same heart to mm. to change the world. You know, in our case, one song at a time, you know, yeah. I yes. think it's possible. And I'm honored. I'm honored every week to be encouraging mm. people and putting lyrics on their mouths and melodies in their hearts that mm. would, not just encourage them for that five minute span, but teach them truth and mm-hmm. to really put weapons in their hands for the week um, Ooh, to great. fight, to fight all that the world is trying to take from us. Um, mm-hmm. It's an honor to be able to do that for people. It's really, really great. Well, thank you so much for what you're doing. Um, oh, both you. at your church in our town at integrity music and oh. so far beyond in the oh. world. Thank you for your heart and your passion for songs and writers. And um, thanks for joining us today. And Yeah, I'm honored to be here. Like I said, I was, I was a fan of, of you, Chrissy, before any of this happened. <laughs> so I was, I'm honored to write with you and honored to be on the podcast. And uh, I just want to appreciate you for all the work and the resources that you're giving to uh, your listeners. I just can't imagine how many great songs are being written because of what you're doing. So thank you. Thank you, Juan. Well, you guys heard where his podcast was, where his website is. So make sure you check that out and uh, go get that new song um, that came out this week. And um, we'll have you back again, Juan. Okay. I love to have you. All right. God bless you. you. Okay. See you you. later. Bye. Bye.
You've been listening to the Brave Worship Podcast with Dove Award-winning songwriter Chrissy Nordhoff and worship leader and music pastor Mary Beth Dodd. Visit braveworship.com forward slash free song and sign up for the email list to get updates on all the latest Brave Worship events, conferences, and retreats. Plus, get free songs to use in your next worship service, complete with chord chart and track. Also, find out how you can join Chrissy and Mary Beth in person at the next Brave Worship Conference. Simply visit braveworship.com forward slash conference to learn more. The times I've grown most as a songwriter are the times I've had mentors showing me the way. If you're looking to grow as a songwriter, we're now accepting applications for our Worship Songwriter Mentorship. Now, it's available only a few times each year. The Worship Songwriter Mentorship is a songwriting intensive that will help you craft impactful worship songs. It's a course created by Dove Award-winning and Grammy-nominated, drumroll here please, (laughs) our founder, pro songwriter Chrissy Nordoff. It's a small group community, and it's led by other songwriters over the course of nine weeks. It's an intensive course and a small group co-writing environment, and that means you'll be added to a special group of about 12 writers, give or take. Each group is led by experienced songwriters, some of them my dear, dear friends, and I've even gotten to lead a group or two. Rachel here, by the way. We love the church, and we love to champion fellow worship songwriters just like yourself. In this mentorship, you'll learn how to write songs for you and your congregation. You'll go deeper in your intimacy with Jesus. You'll get the tools needed to help craft songs more easily and never run out of creative ideas. Okay, I know it sounds too good to be true, but trust me, this course is a game changer. You'll learn how to leverage your unique songwriting personality and connect with other like-minded writers in a meaningful way. Truly, I can't think of another course, group of people, community that has impacted my songwriting the way that this mentorship has. If you're wanting to take the next steps in your songwriting journey, then apply now at the link in our show notes. We hope to see you there.